0: Thank you, Miss Nancy. Now the rest of them just get the blowhard that preaches. So um, it's good to see you this morning. The text is this uh, from First John chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. And the title of the sermon is Love in Action. Uh, and I just got uh, an expression of love in action. Uh, my mother's nurse just texted me and said that my mom is watching today. So hi, Mom. I love you. Uh, as I was thinking about this scripture this morning, I couldn't help but think of the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Have anybody ever read that book? Start With Why? It's an amazing book. It's one of my favorite books. It's a book that I try to read at least once a year because it sort of reminds me of the importance of our why. Why do we do what it is that we do? One of the first things that he talks about in this book is that uh, we can change human behavior by one of two ways. We can either use manipulation or we can use inspiration. And and, and when he says manipulation, he's not necessarily talking about something that's really bad, but it is what it is. Uh, Companies, organizations, businesses, individuals, they do things to try to get us to do what they want us to do. And so one form of manipulation in the business world would be a price drop, where they have a product, and, and this product is just one of many of similar products on the market, and so this particular company will drop their price in the hopes that that will manipulate you and me to choose their product over all of the other similar products that exist in the world. And it works. Um, Some other forms of manipulation would be like a a promotion. Have you ever gone to the grocery store and, and you have your child with you and you're walking down the cereal aisle and you're dead set on buying the generic cinnamon toast crunch because it's so much cheaper than the real cinnamon toast crunch. And yet when you get to the cinnamon toast crunch section, you see that the real cinnamon toast crunch has a free toy. And your child sees that the real Cinnamon Toast Crunch has a free toy. And all of a sudden, you have been manipulated or your child has manipulated and has manipulated you to buy the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, even though it's more expensive because it's got a 10 cent toy inside it. Or maybe you bought some tires and there's a rebate on your tires for every tire you purchase. If you'll fill out this long, complicated form and you'll attach a receipt and you mail it in, you will get money back on the tires. They're trying to manipulate you into choosing their tires and they know you're probably going to forget all about that rebate thing and they're going to end up getting full price for those tires. Well, another form of manipulation is fear, you know, like here's your brain on here's your brain and here's your brain on drugs. Any questions or scaring you into thinking what would happen if you don't make it home by curfew tonight? If you're a parent, you have used fear as manipulation. And then there's aspiration. They try to make you think that if you purchase this product or you take advantage of this service, that something great is going to happen to you. And uh, the the thing that Simon Sinek likes to say in his book is that uh, aspiration will get you to join the gym, but it won't get you to go to the gym. You need some inspiration alongside the aspiration. And then, of course, there's peer pressure. Peer pressure, four out of five dentists choose Trident. They want you to think that everybody that knows anything about good dental hygiene uh, suggests that Trident is the best gum that you should chew. And so they want to try to manipulate you into becoming one of their customers. There's nothing wrong with manipulation. I mean, it, it really does work, but it doesn't breed loyalty. Uh, because if all you are concerned about is being the manipulation, then as soon as the price goes back up on the product, you start looking at all the products again. You don't have any loyalty to this one brand. They were just cheaper at the time. And, and so, um, um, and Nolan, I just remembered you wanted to make an announcement. That's probably why you're sitting here on the front row. <laughs> God, thank you. Make a note. <laughs> we'll bring Nolan. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um. It's amazing what things do. People are moving out of place I'm like, why is he sitting on the front row today? And I'm like, oh, because I told him he could make an announcement. <laughs> Alright, anyway. We'll come back to that. Uh, manipulation works for a while, but it doesn't breed loyalty. As soon as the, the manipulation goes away, you're back to doing whatever it was. You're back to opening things up, looking for anything. Uh, And and so companies that use manipulation, they can get you to purchase their product or to take advantage of their services for a time, but it never lasts. And it usually ends up costing you a lot more uh, down the road because you've had to spend money in order to get people manipulated. And then they don't show you any loyalty. And so you've lost their business and you've lost more money. There has to be another way. And Sinek says that the other way is not motivation, it's inspiration. That there are some companies, there are some organizations, there are some individuals that just know how to inspire people. They're not worried about giving you so much off of your purchase or a rebate or a promotion. They're not trying to aspire you to do anything or peer pressure you to do anything. Uh, they're trying to inspire you to do something, and it works. what's an example of um of a, a a company that aspires or inspires well, here's one Apple. you might say, well how in the world does Apple inspire well Apple inspires because there are people like me that know that every time I purchase one of these products, I'm going to pay about 25% more than for any other comparable computer product or telephone product on the, on the market today. Uh, there are people like me that, that, that know that uh, uh, whenever it comes time for me to purchase a new product, I'm not even going to look at Dell or Hewlett-Packard because I love my Apple. Now, how in the world did they do that? How in the world did they inspire me? Well, Simon Sinek figured it out. He said he just started paying attention to what people were doing. And, and what people were doing uh, is that most companies, most organizations, most institutions know what they do. This is what we do. And, 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 and some of our institutions, our organizations, our institutions know how we do it. How we do it differently. How we do it better. So most people know what they do and they know how they do it. But not a lot of people know why they do it. You see, the how and the what are the most obvious things. This is what we do and this is how we do it. But the why is often the fuzziest. And he says that that's really a result of biology. It's because our feelings are, are, are developed and take place and are expressed in a part of the brain that does not uh, do language. And so when we're trying to describe our feelings, we have a tough time describing them because that part of the brain that is in charge of feelings doesn't do language. And that's why we have trouble communicating Why we love somebody or why we love something. Those feelings are taking place in that part of the brain that doesn't have language. And so that's what he's talking about when he says that. What makes Apple different? Apple begins with the why. If they were going to begin with the what, they would say, well, we make great computers and phones and iPads and all of that stuff. Uh, They're beautifully designed. They're easy to use. And they're simple to use. And they're user friendly. Want to buy one? But what Apple does, here's their why. This is why Apple exists. They say, we exist to challenge the status quo. We exist to do things different than they've ever been done before. And... We do those things by making great computers and phones and iPads. Want to buy one? Well, you say, well, that's just, a, that's just a play on words, Tommy. It's really not true, but it really is true. Do you know that back when cell phones first came on, the cell phone providers, the, in, the providers like Verizon and AT&T, they were the ones that decided what features were found on all of the phones that you and I purchased. And Apple said, we want to challenge that. We want to think differently. We're going to decide what's on the phone. We're not going to let Verizon and AT&T tell us what should be included as features on the phone. A lot of phone companies refused to go along with Apple. AT&T was the only one that was willing to go along with them initially. And so AT&T was the first exclusive carrier for the iPhone. And so they thought differently. They challenged the status quo. You might remember that uh, the music industry was originally based on selling albums so that you could listen in the home. It cracks me up that I see all these young people playing those albums. I'm like, unless the quality got a lot better than they were when I was playing albums, I'll just stick to the MP3. Thank you very much. But but originally, this music was meant to be uh, played in the homes. And then in the 70s, Sony came out with the Walkman and the Discman. And all of a sudden, you could take your music outside of the home. But unfortunately, you couldn't take a lot of it because you didn't have room for all of the cassette tapes and the albums that it would require you to take in order to listen to your music on the road. And so all of a sudden, somebody developed the MP3. And it wasn't Apple. Uh, The MP3 player was a way that you could uh, digitalize a lot of music, compress it so that you could have a lot of music in your arsenal whenever you walked outside, whenever you went anywhere. Apple wasn't the first person to develop the MP3. It was a company called Creative Technology but creative technology decided to try to sell us based on what they did. Creative technology says we've created a 5 megabyte MP3 player for you. What in the world was that? Apple came along 22, years, 22 months later in their MP3 player, and they focused on the why. Do you want to be in complete control of your life? You want to be able to take thousands of songs with you wherever you go? Then try our iPad. Try our iPod. You can do it that way. Nobody cared that it was an MP3 player that had five megabytes. So they challenged the status quo. They thought differently. They didn't focus on what they were doing and or how they were doing nearly as much as why they were doing it. People pay more for Apple products. 25 to 50% more. People remain loyal to uh, uh, Apple products because they're always thinking about challenging what's been done before, doing it differently, doing it better. Now, that's a long way of getting to this text. Why is that important? Well, in our text today, John is writing to a community of believers and he's telling them about what they need to do. He's giving them some instruction on how they need to do it. But make no mistake about it, the most important thing that John is trying to communicate to his people is why. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love one another. How are we supposed to do that? Well, how we're supposed to do that is that we're supposed to, when we see people in need, when we see that there is a need in our church, in our community, in our world, in our family, then we try to meet that need. Why do we do it? We do it because Christ first loved us. We do it because Christ laid down his life. For us. That's why we do it. But John realized that we're probably most of us will never be asked to lay down our life for somebody unless you are in the uh, emergency profession, the police, firefighters and that sort of thing. Uh, 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 unless you're a soldier, uh, you, you, you will likely never be asked to physically lay down your life for someone else. And so John didn't want us to say, oh, well, this not apply to me. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a firefighter. I'm not a soldier. So I can just move on and move to the next thing. John said, no, 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 no. This is still very important to you. Um, uh, and John says, uh, you should sacrifice in other ways. That should be your what. What should you do? You should love others. You should be willing to lay down your life for each other. You should be willing to sacrifice in other ways. And how do you do it? You do it any time that there is a need. When you sacrifice something that you possess for the sake of someone else. But why you do it is important. Because Christ first loved us. Because Christ loved us so much that He was willing to lay down His life for us. I don't know if you know this, but not all Apple products are the best. There are actually some companies that make some products that are a lot better than Apple products. But I guarantee you, when it comes time for me to buy my next phone, my next computer, I'm not looking at Dell. I'm not looking at Hewlett-Packard. I'm not looking at um, Toshiba. I'm going back to Apple. It's because I trust. It's because I know that I can believe them. And I am going to be faithful to them. John talks about in his text that you and I won't always be at our best, that there will be times when our hearts will actually condemn us because we know in our hearts that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Even though we know the what, even though we know the how, even though we know the why, there will be times when you and I will not do what we need to do and our hearts will condemn us. And what John is saying, just like I... And with Apple, you can still trust God. You, you could still believe in God. You could still embrace God even when things aren't at their best. And he concludes the passage of Scripture today by telling us what to do. And that is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? He says we do that by obeying His commands. By doing what God tells us to do. But why we do it? We do it because He loves us. Because God can be trusted with our living. And God can be trusted with our dying. We do it because God has promised to abide with us always. Why do we do it? We do it because God has given us the Holy Spirit. That when our hearts condemn us, there is a Holy Spirit that God has given to us that will not only remind us of what we've known all along about who God is and about who God wants us to be, but also continues to teach us and help us become the people of God. That God wants us to be. Church, I know you know your what? Love God. Love the people that God loves. I know you know some of the ways how to do that. Because so many of you involved in so many wonderful and worthwhile ministries. Please don't forget your why. Because God loves you. God has given you love and grace that you don't deserve in the hopes that you will share love and grace with others who may be undeserving. God has given you the Holy Spirit to guide you, to remind you, to teach you. Because God loves you. Amen.